Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast Season 4, Episode 5. Tegan, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I've got a week of Star Wars and St. Patty's Day at it, so I'm, looking for, I'm really happy. Fantastic. Yeah, there's been some new content out. Uh, Bad Batch is still going, and as of this episode, uh, we have one episode of Mandalorian out. A new one will be out tomorrow from this episode, so exciting stuff there. Further content just to add to the list. Yeah, definitely been a good year for Star Wars, especially like looking at their calendar. They got like a ton more coming. A lot of good content. Absolutely. Uh, welcome everyone to the episode today. Today is our first on the spot one shot. Very excited for this episode. Tegan and I, uh, with looking through some suggestions from the community, we are going to put together a one shot on the spot here. Uh, we have not done any prep for this other than looking at what that premise is for the one shot. And we're going to just go through, uh, give a little kind of notes as we do on our process for putting that together. Before we dive into that, of course, make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for access to all of our content, including this podcast, uh, YouTube channel for VODs and tutorial videos and the like. We have Instagram and Twitter for content updates and a couple of content uh, freebies like NPCs, custom items, etc. there. Twitch for live play, and most of that's over on your channel. Tegan, tell us what you have going on for Twitch. Yeah, so join us tonight for Invasion. Uh, we are wrapping up kind of our Operation Saberbreaker uh, arc. So come through, see how the crew is doing on Merc. Uh, this will be uh, this Tuesday, 6.30 Eastern Time on my channel, TJ Gaming at Twitch. Uh, and Invasion is going weekly for a little bit. We're putting uh, Stranded on a bit of a hiatus. So come through at least like the next probably four or five weeks uh, for sure. We'll be straight invasion. Uh, we're going to get caught up. Uh, and then eventually after we finish Operation Saber Breaker, uh, we're going into the final Patreon adventure. So if you have that in the, the back of your book and want to see how it's played out, come through, hang out with us and see if the crew can survive. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing that come to the table. Absolutely. All right. That last bit of content for us is our Patreon. That is the best way to support what we do here. Shout out to some new members. Tier two, we have Michael and tier three, Eddie and Richard. So thank you to you three for as new members and everyone else existing. Uh, we appreciate it so very much. Love to see you on the discord and, and talk with you about your games and uh, ask, answer your questions and all that good stuff. So thank you very much. Uh, as of this episode, our latest Patreon release for tier two, tier three saw that last week, another community piece that we did uh, based on a suggestion from the community, uh, Tragedy in the City. Tegan, tell us about that. That's supposed to be a fun one. So uh, it was based off a suggestion, which is kind of a, a Star Wars crime family, Romeo Juliet style story. Uh, that's what we built out. So we we're using it in the city. So our hex crawl map for quarter one. Uh, and with this, uh, you can 
to play the their party gets to play the role of either peacemakers or instigators as they try to stop the exchange uh, as well as the bloody Minoc crime families from going to war uh, due to two of their uh, their scions, their children going missing. Uh, your players get to go play through this, figure out what happened to the children, what the children are doing, uh, and they get to have make some pretty weighty decisions. Do they go with the money like cold hard mercs, or do they try to do the right thing? So uh, I think your players will have some fun with it and. Uh, it should be a fun one to bring to the table. Definitely let us know. We pick that up and you run that at your table and, and how that goes, especially within the uh, city hex crawl there. With that, I think that's everything on the front end for us. So we can dive into this on the spot one shot. Tegan, very excited here. So our premise, we'll go ahead and mention that at the top of what we're going to be creating. So this is going to be a one shot based around the concept of escaping a Star Destroyer. I think a really, really good concept. We've seen that in uh, lots of different uh, Star Wars media and, and whatnot. So definitely some examples to pull from. But I think uh, something that's going to give us a lot of options to put into this adventure. 100% on that one. Uh, like, there's just one of the ones that's pretty much timeless. Uh, I know we said Star Destroyer, but you could make this for any era, make it a venerator for Clone Wars, a, a hammerhead cruiser for the Old Republic. Uh, don't get hung up on Star Destroyer. Basically, just escaping from a ship once they've worn out their will. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the key part there is it, it even could be a, a ship that is going down, uh, not even necessarily a enemies or something. But uh, yeah. So Tegan, before we dive in, as I mentioned, I do want to offer a little bit of commentary during our process. Give me real quick your, if you sit down for like a one shot, what is your quick thought process on laying that out? Uh, yeah. So usually I look to kind of figure out whatever the theme or the premise is going to be. Uh, I usually try to, uh, and the hard thing is try to keep it to about three hours. So I come up with a lot of concepts and I usually wind up cutting out concepts and realize that time is just not going to permit for them. Uh, and then, then kind of just going through and figuring out the best way to get the players into the action, get them art being, uh, skill checking, whatever they're doing, uh, and just get that momentum going. Especially if you have one shots with a group of people who may not have played together, uh, I found that the best way is to throw them in and throw them in quick. And then that usually gets them kind of at least, at least in the spirit of it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's great thoughts there on that aspect, especially, as you said, with, with new players. If they're existing players, you know, you can maybe tweak that uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, one little thing I'll add on my end, I think it comes with experience. You have to run a lot of one shots to kind of understand the flow and, and the pacing and everything and, and what works, what you can fit in. Having extra material is fine because it's easier to cut than to add material. So that's always a consideration there. And I tend to kind of have like three, I don't know if you want to call them acts. Um, you know, you have your your beginning, middle, and end there, and that helps sometimes give a good guideline as to, uh, you know, how things are going to lay out. So as you said, Tegan, uh, starting right off the action, what do you think would be good? Uh, you know, of course, there's classic, like they're, maybe they're prisoners on the ship or something. What do you think our good starting point is here? Should we back up and look at uh, maybe maybe our sections within? Do we want to look at scenes or do we want to just jump in and maybe start with a jumping off point? I think starting with a jumping off point would be good and kind of go through and build from there. Uh, and I've really been favoring warm starts or kind of starting in a, a very quick combat for the group. I really feel like that gets everybody used to their PC, gets them uh, willing, they can kind of describe their player in a dynamic way as they come through versus sometimes that awkward cantina or whatever you're kind of meeting for the mission vibe. 
Uh, so with this, uh, and this is one nice thing too, you can throw this into any adventure you're running, but for some reason they're confronted by stormtroopers, clone troopers, whoever it is, uh, and they've got to kind of fight their way out. This is going to be a quick one, hopefully 20 minutes long combat, very trivial overall, uh, but just enough to get them in there, roll a few dice, uh, figure out dynamics a bit, uh, and get the game going. And do we want to give a reason for why they're on the ship? I think actually not having a reason to work well in case anybody that watches this wants to use it. Um, they could be smugglers who got caught by the Empire and are on board the Star, uh, Star Destroyer, or they could be rebels or whatever. Or they could be escaping from Order 66. Who knows? They, they're, they're on the Star Destroyer. They piss the people off. And I think that this way people can throw it in and wherever it fits. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. They're keeping it pretty vague. That's something to be said about this is that probably write this to be pretty generalized and vague. So there will be a little bit of work on the GM side to utilize this, but it won't be much. It's basically just filling in those gaps, but I think that's excellent. Yeah. All right. So we've got our quick intro fight aboard the starship there. Do we want to define a party size and a level to help us define our combats and, and situations throughout the, uh, the one shot? Um, usually that sweet spot, four to five players level four through five you know four through six something like that yeah sure we can do that like a, i would say four players uh five through six on this one all right so let's let's dive in a little more specific to this fight tegan you know quick intro fight really start the action what do we want to look at in regards to that encounter construction uh what uh, level enemies and how many of them might we want to go against yeah, so a, a good one for this one, because you want this fight to be quick. Uh, you definitely want it to burn a few resources, but that's not the main goal of this one. Uh, so we got four players using four CR2 uh, enemy stat blocks. Should be a good way to get that going. That's going to be probably a little under medium uh, using the 5e difficulty scale. Uh, so it should be quick, especially with Star Wars 5e PCs. It's not something that's going to take you too long. Awesome. Awesome. Could we throw in, uh, maybe bump one up, uh, maybe like a leader within the group. If we want a little extra challenge there would be, what would be the best way to, you know, adjust that there without having the calculator in front of myself at least. Oh, definitely. So if you throw, uh, if you want to bump it up a little bit, uh, switch out one of the CR twos for a CR four, especially if you can find an officer block, uh, and definitely a little shout out to we put out earlier. If you check out our, uh, adventuring day pay free. I think it was a Patreon freebie, uh, but it's on our Patreon either way. Uh, basically, we've got a tactical specialist, which is a good officer that could be used on that side uh, and has some fun abilities to make it work for the crew. And that's either CR4 or CR3 for the tactical specialist, but definitely one that'll work there. And we also have some CR4 or CR2 elite soldiers too, which you could use to throw right in and make it easy on yourself. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great way to plan that out. You know, if you want to add a little extra to that combat, um, good way to do it. So we've dove into the fight here and, and maybe have learned part of the reasons why we're here, things like that. Uh, maybe a good time also to plant some loot on the enemies that could be valuable, kind of like a key card or something else. Uh, definitely considerations to make there. What do you think about adding something like that to to this group here? Definitely, what I do is uh, add some med packs that they'll find either way. So if I give them like two med packs, uh, but then I add in a data pad, maybe like an um, let's say level five DC fifteen investigation check on uh, the officer, let's say, and let's say that has like a schematic of the star destroyer, uh, get a little bit clearer picture of where they need to go. So they can definitely figure it out on their own, but they may have to stumble and bumble a little bit more. 
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, investigation on the data pad, you said, right? Oh yeah. Right. On the, uh, oh, DC 15 investigation to find it. Uh, and you can make it sliced if you need to, or if not, you can just make it open so they can just find it all. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Additional challenge. If you want, um, yeah. you know, slice it. And I think the consideration there is getting players, allowing players to utilize their skills, right? You don't want to put stuff behind a role that the story needs to move forward but you also want to present things for players to utilize their skills so yeah definitely a good uh, thing there all right we've uh jumped in fought our enemies and now we have to get the heck out of the ship moving about and figuring out what the best route is so we'll probably look and um, determine that via maybe the schematics from the data pad um, or just start searching around. Uh, so likely going to be some stealthing, things like that. You think maybe an initial uh, skill challenge here to start some snooping around or? Uh, definitely. So it could be doing a skill challenge to snoop around uh, or if they've, uh, it could be kind of a, a with the alarms blaring and all that. Uh, you could start, I know people will try to slice into see if they can get any intel on what the Star Destroyer crew and all those are doing. So you may have some skill checks like that. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely if you, wanted, if you wanted to throw it in here, kind of like a quick skill challenge to see if they can at least get out of this area, get closer to their path off the ship. Yeah, I think there's definitely an, like after the fight, there would be an info gathering scene, right? Like mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, you have the data pad potentially figuring out what the best plan of escape is. Um, thinking a little ahead, are there any other big barriers that we want to throw into this? Uh, definitely. I think the, the biggest thing, because uh, they've got their fight and this is going to be a one shot. So usually about three hours. So you want to make sure you're taking that time into consideration. I think the other big barrier, because they're going to have to find a way off. So either finding a way to disable the tractor beams, get some old school Death Star vibes going, uh, or uh, kind of find a way to turn the lock off of the ship's escape pods uh, so they can find some way to get off the ship. So I think that'd be kind of the next big things. They've got to go uh, to the wherever they keep the tractor beams or the escape pods and disable those so they can make their way off of uh, the star destroyer awesome yeah love it uh disable mechanism that's that's basically a literal barrier to their escape uh looking ahead what are you thinking about like a final conflict i like the idea of like a, a mech battle like some kind of a large droid battle droid or battle mech or something that's in like the hangar bay that they have to to fight that's maybe their last uh last foray as they they head out yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, like have a big droid battle uh, that's either guarding yeah, the ship uh, just between them and that final objective and have to bash you their way out. All right. So good to have that, I think, at the end. That's kind of your climax. And as long as they have all the other things taken care of beforehand, disabling the mechanisms or whatever, as long as they survive that, they can hop in the ship and then fly away. And then the adventure continues from there. So um, awesome. Let's fill in some more gaps here. Definitely. And this could be kind of you getting to that mechanism could be where we throw that skill adventure in, because uh, it could be a fun one to do on that side. It would say like, uh, I'm not sure how many successes we want to go before failures, uh, but one of the big things with skill challenges, you always want to make sure what your fail state would be. Uh, so for this one, I'd say each fail, they take some damage, but on a true, they've gotten their X number of failures. Uh, they have to do an additional quick combat in there, so they'll be a little bit more beat up by the time they get to the mech. Probably similar guidelines to what we set up for the other one, just because you want to make sure you're conscious of time. But I think that'd be a fun one to do on that side. So they still have a fail state that sort of makes the heart life harder for them, uh, but doesn't kind of screw them up too bad. Run that again, the specifics on the skill challenge you would suggest for this party size. Uh, they're four at level five. 
I would say, depending on how hard you want to make it, DC 14 or 15. Uh, and I would say there are four players. I would say six successes before three failures. So it's decently challenging. Still has a kind of a good realm for success. Uh, and if you're not used to skill challenges, definitely use them. Just encourage your players to RP and utilize those skills they've got. And players always find a way to justify the skill they've got. So let them stretch their creative muscles on it. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite parts of a skill challenge is, is the creative nature of that. The more a player really stretches to utilize something, the more likely I'm going to allow that. But yeah, so that's good. So backing up here, let's go a quick recap our intro fight and uh we take care of that maybe got some supplies some loot uh some information um likely going to be an information scene right after that kind of everyone getting their bearings figuring out where they are what's going on um and then they're going to find out okay we cannot escape this until we release that mechanism that main barrier as we said whether it's a tractor beam or a uh, locked down landing bay, a docking bay where our ship is, things like that. So then we go into that skill challenge, which we just defined. Uh, that is going to be the way to basically undo that, disable that mechanism there. So um, various different skills that can be utilized. Maybe we'll flush out some suggestions or ideas there, but I think you know it could be really wide open. Stealth to sneak around the ship. Technology is an obvious easy one there. Acrobatics, uh, jumping up through vents and things like that. Uh, anything else that comes to mind, Tegan, that uh, su suggestions there? Oh, definitely. And uh, so you've got the, the acrobatics, investigation, uh, especially and one of the things I usually don't define out the skills too much with those ones because uh, players will come up with some cool stuff. So like I just like uh, given the situation, and usually most players would be at least cognizant enough to go with the ones that are relevant. They won't suggest a, a nature check at a droid factory, but they may stretch like a survival check uh, to its limits and come up with some fun RP. So I usually leave those wide open and just see what players say they can do with it. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's, you know, put it, put that uh, as a GM, put that into the player's hands to, to see how they want to tackle the situation for sure. One thing I would do too, uh, I don't know where we're at with this, but after like the, in the, when they get to the, the mechanism piece, uh, cause I always like to include a little bit of RP and even like the one shots too. Uh, so I would have like some techs, like some technicians, like some grunts uh, in wherever, like the tractor beam room, the escape pod room uh, that are there. And they've kind of got to figure out what they want to do with them. So uh I would make sure to complete, say it a couple of times, they're not armed. They don't have weapons, uh, but they're there. Uh, they could sound the alarm. Uh, they could potentially even help, uh, depending on what the group does. So they could talk to them, maybe try to either sweet talk and intimidate them into disabling the mechanism, uh, or they could uh, knock them unconscious and tie them up to make sure they can't interfere. Uh, or if they, the players fail or do something kind of too out of the box, they could sound the alarm, call them, calling more people on the, where they're at. So just got to give them a good RP session where they got to figure out how to how to deal with the people that aren't trying to fight them. Yeah, definitely. And I think I like to a lot of times something like that, it has impact to later on. So, you know, if, if you help them, maybe the final uh, fight isn't as bad because the technicians allowed the party, gave them some time before the, the another alarm was, was sounded or something like that. 
um, they got a leg up on it. There's you, you take a troop away um, from that final combat because they didn't bring the full re- reinforcements that they thought they needed. Or inversely, you know, you don't help them out. They escape something like that. And then reinforcements get, you know, tougher. So it's just this way you can kind of adjust uh, dynamically uh, what happens later on in the, in the adventure based on that one uh, scenario. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Kind of, it's always fun to have those callbacks too. So like, especially if you do that, make sure like to bring that, find a way to bring it back up, whether they helped or harmed, uh, that this is why this is happening. All right. So I think uh, that should be enough there for that skill challenge. That's going to be a big chunk here. It's kind of our, I would say our middle section, uh, you know, figuring out how we disable that uh, barrier to, to uh, escape. And then we get there, whether that's, you know, escape pods or if it's a docking bay, things like that. And we're going to have our final fight against that. You know, the docking bay is pretty easy one to suggest that there's maybe a combat droid or mech or something there. But I think it's reasonable to say that you could have, uh, if it's not, you know, something of that size, you could just have guards and things guarding the escape pods, you know, because the alarms probably already sounded that people are trying to escape. So within that room, you could have them there, things like that. Tegan, how might you uh, develop this uh, final encounter, knowing we've already utilized some resources early on, but what does this final foray look like? Definitely. So this final foray, uh, building it, so I would definitely do a deadly encounter. Uh, So for four level five people, that's uh, 4,400 XP. Uh, So I would definitely spend that full bucket of XP. Um, the way I do, especially we're doing a big deadly mech. Uh, let me look at a calculator real quick. I'd have the mech be like three quarters of that calculation. Uh, so would that be? I'd have I'd have the mech at about uh, CR seven or eight for it. Uh, so that way you've got like it's tough, it's hard, uh, it's going to use up a good bit of their things. I'd give it some legendary actions and all that. Um, one thing too, kind of playing off your idea with the starship technicians. Because uh, with that, you always want to you won't want to give them one enemy to wail on, uh, even with the legendary actions. Uh, I would give it like what's a good number? Um, so I'd have them start off with like two troopers at like CR one, uh, but each round, like you could have like a roll one d four to see how many troopers come and join in on the fight. Uh, but if you help the people, maybe like you roll that one d four with disadvantage. Uh, so you get uh, so they've done something to slow down reinforcements to coming to you, uh, and then vice versa. If you pissed them off and didn't kill them, uh, they roll with advantage, uh, and then more more troopers are coming your way as uh, you've made them hostile. Awesome. So yeah, we have one situation here where you know we've got this mech and you know these little minions that might come along with it. I love that uh, concept there of the reinforcements and having a um, you know kind of tied to a dice roll uh, how that brings in um, and and yeah, just throwing them in uh, as needed. Uh, those are always a good way to to. Um, if you need to strengthen the encounter, it's easy to do, or if you need to reduce it for some reason, you know, they can go down with one hit, something like that. It's, it's always easy to do that stuff there. Let's just, because we were kind of talking about it. So we've got like this, you know, single legendary, uh, enemy, what might a encounter look like if we go to, let's say that it's the escape pod room. And and so we don't have room for a big mech, but it's going to be a, um, you know, group of guards or something. Uh, what? How might you build that up? Uh, definitely. So with that, uh, so rather than do like a legendary creature, I would do some like hard hitting, like normal people. Uh, so like, uh, let's see, would be a good one. 
Uh, you could you could use the the bad batch even a little bit. Uh, you could give like a couple like we did a bad batch one shot a little while ago. You could give them like three of the bad shot members. I think they're all eighteen hundred. Yeah, so fifty four wouldn't be too bad. Uh, and have them kind of guarding like you say they're elite commandos, elite forces uh, that are trying to track down the group and have them fight their way out of it. What uh what CR are we looking at around that area there? For the elite forces, I'll do eighteen. I'll do CR five, so eighteen hundred XP. Uh, and then do three of them, or you can do two CR5s and a couple of CR2s mixed in there, depending on how you want to spread it out. Awesome. Yeah, I think a uh, great way to create a, a different situation there. Something you can whip up here and, and you know, maybe maybe you present these two options within the adventure as well. Like there's two routes of uh, escape. You have the escape pods or you have the docking bay um, and, and just see how the how the party acts on those uh, maybe the skill challenge just kind of doesn't go their way and so it forces them into one of these other routes and and so they still have um especially in a one shot if, if it's a true one shot you want to have like that ending you don't just want it to end uh without a good resolution or a, a good climax or something so it's good to have these alternates um you can also just kind of work it around to be your single ending that you had planned anyway just kind of get there a different way but yeah this this is great to present two options here i think that's always good to try and include so yeah and then from there as long as they're successful in those final encounters uh they can escape and as long as you know depending on what you threw in earlier uh, maybe it's a tractor beam or something you know they can get away if you want to extend things so we can get into maybe quick space combat um otherwise and you know i think where can you go from here is always a fantastic thought process for any adventure one shot you know what happens where does it go from there and, and things like that tegan are we missing anything what do you think on where we're at so far yeah i think this would be a good fit we've got some good combats in there we've got uh, skill challenges, they're trying to sneak their way and make their way through the uh, the, the Star Destroyer to disable the mechanism. We've got a little bit of RP piece with the Starship Technicians. Um, yeah, I think we've got most of the, the, the core pieces uh, with this. You better get through and have a good, hopefully, three-hour session with the crew and uh, get them through a one-shot. Yeah, absolutely. It's it sounds uh, great. Definitely a classic situation that we've seen in Star Wars and and other uh, you know sci-fi media and things like that. So I think it's one that you know everyone would probably get into. Be very excited to see how it turns out. So, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. We will put these notes together, uh, add a little bit to it, um, but it's going to be a little bit of a loose outline. You know, as we discussed during the episode so that you as GMs can go in here and really make it your own, throw in what you need, should really be a good um, good outline to how uh, you put this adventure together. And, and as I said, we'd love to hear how you do make that your own, what changes you might make and, and all that. So this will be actually a freebie to anyone in the Star Wars 5e community uh, and otherwise. Uh, so that'll be on our Patreon, but for free. So you can check that out. So anyone can go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I think uh, hopefully there's some value there to some of our thought processes as we went through that. You know, I've actually learned a little bit here doing this with you. I know you and I have worked together a lot, but, uh, you know, going through Going through the, even this procedure, I think there's a lot of value. So if anyone else out there, sit down with another DM and put together an adventure like this and, you know, see how your your thought processes, you know, work and um, add to each other. I think there could be a lot of value to that. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, I think just bouncing concepts off people is just such a fun way to get like different perspectives, different styles into your own mix. Uh, it was other earlier this morning. I was talking to one of my DM friends who's trying to come up with a scenario uh, for his crew, and it's just it's fun to get to see somebody else's perspective and kind of get out of your own your own book a little bit and kind of see what else is out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about checking out other systems and things. And so sometimes, you know, stay within Star Wars 5e, but just talk to a fellow DM and see what you learn. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up here again. We hope you enjoyed this episode and our process going through this one shot. We will likely do another one of these throughout the rest of the year. So uh, be looking for further ideas, concepts that you want us to put an adventure together based around. So looking ahead to next episode will be another DM spotlight. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, talking with another uh, individual from the Star Wars 5e DGM community. And uh, Tegan, go ahead and give another plug for tonight's episode of Invasion. Yeah, come through. This should be a fun one. Uh, they've got their own HK droid right now, too. So uh, if you want to get some HK droid jokes in, which I've been having fun with, come through for that. Uh, yeah, they're going to be getting into the meat of it, figuring out oh, what I, actually Operation Saber Breaker is, uh, what's going on on Merc, which uh, if you guys have read the Thrawn trilogy, uh, is a fun one, especially if you make sense of the use on Vong stuff, which uh, they'll be getting a full dose of next session. So make sure to come by tonight uh, and see how they do and if they survive. Awesome. It, it, I feel like it's not a true Star Wars 5e uh, campaign if you don't have a, a combat, combat droid that tags along. You gotta have them. They're just fun to art. Like, I've really had, like, I've had too much fun with HK. So come through for that if you just want to see me enjoy myself. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you there tonight, everyone. Thanks again, all of our followers, listeners, and subscribers. We appreciate it very much. We will see you on the next one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.